Hey, what's up, family? Welcome to the Way Out Podcast featuring your boy Josh and my brother Jeff. Jeff. We just <laughs> want to say welcome you all out again. This is our first week where we're going to go with our themes, with our topics. So we're excited um, to be with you all this evening. Uh, we have a very, very full lineup of topics and and uh, information that we want to share with you all. So we're excited to be with you all this evening. And as everyone is coming in watching us live, um, I'm just going to introduce my brother Jeff. How you doing, my brother? Oh man, I'm doing very good. Just uh, enjoying the week. We're getting ready for Thanksgiving. Everybody is. Um, let me see. We got we got over at our house. What me and Jordan are preparing the stuffing and the uh, broccoli cheese casserole. She's got like a million dessert, mm. like three different desserts. We're eating at her parents, but we're uh, putting together some dishes right now. That's good. Um, to bring them on Thursday morning. How are you guys doing? We're doing well, man. I'm excited. I'm fasting. I'm getting ready for the feast. Yeah, that's Joanne and I have actually been doing OMAD, which is uh, one meal a day. There we go. Uh, Same thing. And just lo lowering our calories a little bit in anticipation mm. of Thanksgiving. Dang. So that, you know, if you go under for a few days, you can go over on one day. You there see? you go. So <laughs> you hey, make listen, up more. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And that's the, the same plan that I'm doing. I only had one meal today because wow, you got to, you got to, you got to, yeah, man, you got to prepare, man. If you're going to feast, that's you right. got to feast. You got to, you got to do what you got to do to make sure you're prepared for the glory that's on the, on this way. I'm telling you, you know, the thing is, is like, naturally, if I'm maintaining my weight, I can eat, I eat like, uh, to maintain, I eat 28, probably about 3000 calories a day to maintain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if I want to lose, I drop 500, go down to 2,500. But mm -hmm. I know that on Thanksgiving day, the meal plus the, all the desserts throughout the entire day oh, yeah. is probably going to be in the double range, you know, around five, 6,000 calories. So if I eat and hold back for a few days and eating one meal a day has been the easiest thing for me to be able to do, um, you know, just to maintain and everything. So, yeah, I'm glad we're on the same page. I didn't even know you were doing that. Yeah, brother. Listen, man, you know, we got the same spirit in us. So as it didn't catch me off guard, I figured that we'll be on the same page on this, it's especially um, with um, this is the Super Bowl for me. This is the big this is the biggest meal, the most anticipated meal in my life. So Thanksgiving <laughs> is 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 that day. And last year I didn't do too well. I didn't prepare accordingly, um, yeah. but I learned from, I learned from my, uh, my past mistakes and now I'm ready for my plate. So. I mean, whenever if you dial it back a little bit before and maybe a little bit after, it makes all the difference in the world. So yeah, so I'm you ready. Can eat guilt free. So that's why that's why I'm getting my freezer ready, um, because I'm not trying to go too hard on that Friday, but I but I but I want to be able to have some meals frozen so I can yeah. be able to you know uh, enjoy revisit. That's right. Amen. Well, why don't you tell them what we have lined up in our segments that we came up with? Because I'm really excited about that. Just what we're going to be doing, you know, uh, on an episode by episode basis. Maybe you can kind of talk about that a little bit and what we are planning to do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we have four segments on the Way Out podcast. Um, for the last three episodes, you guys and gals have been getting live Q&As from Jeff and myself. And we're not going to let those go. That's going to be one of our segments. But uh, our first segment of every podcast, and let me make sure I give you this disclaimer. Uh, we are spirit-led brothers. And so whatever the Holy Spirit wants the podcast to be, that's just what we're on. Um, but in regards to the structure that we uh, have for this podcast, we want to start off with the day in the life of a family man, talk about some principles and some things that may have occurred during the week that really um, will help us give insight to our brothers out there and the ladies out there about just what it's like to be a family man and the requirements and all that good stuff. And then secondly, we'll get right into our topic 
And um, our topic for today is, as you, as you see on the thumbnail, is how secure is your life? And so we're going to be coming from Luke chapter six today. And so you're going to get the opportunity to hear from two brothers, two preachers, um, two young men that love the word of God and honors its, uh, uh, um, honors its text and 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 giving us ourselves the ability to deliver God's word in a way that will help encourage and edify you. After that, we're going to go into a live Q and A. We're going to answer maybe three to five questions that pertains to the topic, um, so that we can be able to expound or to um, just give insight for those who may have didn't quite understand how we were going and what we were doing or what we were saying. I just want some more insight. And after that, oh. not on, not not only are we going to feed you spiritually. Mm-hmm. Not only are we going to give you insight from what we've got from the master's table, uh-huh, mm-hmm. uh, but the, the last segment we're going to talk about uh, are the different foods that we enjoy. And so today we're going to be talking about three, our top three desserts as we Amen. prepare for Thanksgiving. So come on into the live feed. Let us know where you're watching from. Uh, we look forward to serving you all today. Let us know where you're watching from, what city, what state, what country. I don't know what's going on with my... um. Streamyard here. I don't know if I don't only see one comment, and that, that's yeah, we, yeah. We got Janine. Janine Steer says, "Hey Jeff, hi Jeffrey, hi Josh. Can't wait for tonight's podcast. We can't wait either. Let me double check on my phone to make sure we're good on YouTube. Usually, yeah. after a few minutes, it it'll flood in with a lot of comments because I know my right. wife's watching. I know she would have commented by now. Yep, I don't see. Yep, you're right because I only see the one comment, and that's uh, Jeannie, who is my aunt. So hey, hey yeah. So um, she's excited to watch. She's watching from uh, Maryland, and All right. uh, she's a Steelers fan, so she already knows the Baltimore Ravens are going down next week. Uh-oh. And uh, <laughs> let's, see. Right, let's see who's in live. All right, let me see here. So comment if you're watching this live right now, please give us a comment so we can make sure that we're that you all actually are seeing the podcast. Getting a podcast, and for those who's listening, hey Jamila, okay, here we go. Um, yep, yep, uh, there we go. Okay, there we go. All right, here we go. Here we go. All All right, so keep keep commenting, y'all. Keep letting us know what where you're watching from and all that good stuff. But we're gonna get right into our segments. We're excited. Okay, here we go. Cynthia Meta, what's going on now? Hey, hey, oh, we're good. Thank you so much. My wife's Mm -hmm. in the building, Jamila. What's going on? All right. All right. Thank you all so much for watching. Go ahead and share this broadcast out. Let as many people as you know um, that we're on and we're ready. And I believe that we have the word of the Lord for you all today and a great podcast that I think will be a blessing. But we're going to start off with our first segment, Jeff, the day in the life, the day in the life of a family man. And um, one thing that I recognized this week, Jeff, was um, just it, it wasn't that it was the first um, but it was my, I won't say first time recognizing, but it was one of those moments that God really opened my eyes towards was the importance of being a decision maker as a man, That's the importance right. of being a decision maker as a husband. Um, and it's interesting how uh, a lot of men want a wife, a lot of men, they want the opportunity to hold the title of husband, but right. they don't really have decision making ability. Um I noticed that this week, my wife, it was just a couple of times where she was like, what do you think? What do you think we should do? And it wasn't the first time, but it was the first time that I really, I guess the Holy Spirit was saying, do you notice that, Josh? Do you notice that that she's coming to you? Um, 
and, and it kind of me and the Holy Spirit had a moment because it was like, I'm so glad I got you to go to. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. I'm so right. glad that I have the Holy Spirit to go to. And it's not to go to in the moment that my wife needs me, but that moment by moment, I mm -hmm. fellowship with him, which equips me to be simultaneously interwoven with him that even in the midst of her asking me a question or asking for direction, it's all it's as if he jumps in and says, this is what we're doing. And, and I think a lot of young men that's aspiring to be married or men who are married, um, that's very vital. That the day of the life of a family man is a day by day, moment by moment fellowship with the spirit of God. Because what are you going to do when you have family coming to you? You know, right. what are you going to do when it's time for you to make a decision? And what I've noticed throughout our marriage was, and one thing that I will say about my wife, out of all the things that she said or complimented me on, Jeff, mm -hmm. she said something maybe a, uh, two or three weeks back. She was like, I know you hear from God. Right. Man, okay. after mm -hmm. she said that, she fell asleep. But I was up for like two more hours. Because right. I was sitting there, Jeff, like. Wow. And we talked before she fell asleep. We talked about how I said, that's very true. Like that has to be proven before she can really trust that. Like she yeah. has to see that you sense the spirit of God. She has to see that you hear from God. And, and that what got me even more on my face for God, because I don't want this to be, I don't want there to be a dip as in like, oh, I got it wrong a few times. But when you're sensitive to the spirit of God, decision making becomes easier because you know for a fact that you're not just leading, you're following. In right. order to be a good leader as a man, you, a man, you have to be a great follower. And you have That's to right. ask yourself, fellas, who are you following? Are you following culture? Are you following uh, 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 ego? Or are you following um, the Holy Spirit, man? And that was just the day in the life of a family man that I really was just like, wow, God, I'm so glad that there has been some time um, um, between him and I where she can trust my decision making. And and it's just it's just that's just one thing that I want to share with the guys today and the ladies who's listening that that if a man is not connected to heaven, he ain't gonna be connected to you. Um, right. If he can't move heaven, you shouldn't follow him. And, right. and that's just something that I wanted to share from my heart today, man. No, man, I, I think that is so good. Um, you know, you actually reminded me back when Joy and I first met, you know, and you know these things, you know, the yeah. Holy Spirit would show us crazy things about our lives and our ministries that were just so, they didn't seem, we didn't seem capable of ever even coming close to the things that he would show us. And I, I remember I would tell Joanne some of these things, my wife, and I would tell her some things and she, she would look at me and be like, man, that is so, you know, out there. And then it was funny because different prophets would come to me in front of her and start prophesying and saying word for word what the Holy Spirit told me behind closed doors that I share with my wife. Wow. And so from there, she was able to see like, hey, he's not just hearing, you know, what he wants to hear. He's hearing what the spirit of God is saying. And I think what you said, it's so important, you know, when a general leads. If mm. there's any uncertainty in him, it is very difficult to it, it, it almost when a general is uneasy, it sends panic or shock That's into right. uh, the soldiers. And so I think it's the same thing with a husband that 
if we are uncertain and we're not leaning on the Holy Spirit to direct us and guide us and to make those decisions, then our wives become shaky because they're 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 looking at us and we're 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 shaking instead of standing firm in the Holy Spirit. And you know, it's just like that with, with a general, like I said. And so there there it comes from confidence. And there there has to be a confidence that what we're doing is in line with the Holy Spirit. And also to be able to say, I don't know the answer, honey, but guess what? I'm gonna go pray and fast. Right. I'm gonna find out until the Holy Spirit reveals what I'm supposed to do. Because as humans, we don't have all the answers. As men, we don't have all the answers. Mm -hmm. And sometimes a woman needs to hear that. Like, hey, he doesn't know what to do, but I trust him to go mm. find the answer. That's right. And so I think that's that's a great uh, uh, day in the life of a family man, because every man that's out there that's listening, you know, even the wives, you can be praying for your husbands that they follow after Christ, that they listen to the Holy Spirit so that they can make decisions that will line up with God's will and that will ultimately bring us to a place where we're supposed to be in our marriage, in our families, and, and in our lives, our ministry. Yeah, it's pivotal, man, that that fellowship with the Holy Spirit is paramount. And I always, anytime I talk to a young man or just a person, period, I ask them, do you make time for God? Like, do right. you make room for him? Because um, most people, they'll come to me, Jeff, and I'm sure they come to you and they want like a five step plan. They mm -hmm. want quick, quick points to kind of get them out of their situation. No pun intended yes. to the way out podcast. They, um, they always want uh, uh, formulas. You're right. They yes. want formulas, but they don't want the foundation. They want the formula without the fellowship. And and it's impossible to get follow my through. sermon. All right. Go my, ahead. Ba my bad, Jeff. No, no I'm messing with you. Hey, that's the Holy Spirit's no, fault, brother. You're preaching good. Go ahead. Pull yeah. So you can't have a formula without fellowship. You can't you can't expect to follow through and to be fruitful without fellowship. We must become one with him again. Like the word of God says when it says that uh, he made us in his image and his likeness. Right. All of us, whether saved or sinner, bear his image. But those who are sons and daughters of God are in the process of bearing his likeness. And you can't be like someone without fellowship. Like my wife and I in, in our rookie contract, you know, we in a rookie deal. We're, you're you're seeing that oh they're becoming like each other like my wife is funnier now and and I told her I said you're funny because of me you know your joke <laughs> while we was dating was just kind of subpar but I told her the other day on her birthday this past and I said hey you're getting funny that, yep. that's oh, oh look at that you, you rub off on each other yeah yeah and yep. and she's rubbing off on me like when I go to a restaurant my food ain't right I feel that inner Britney come out of me you see what I'm saying hey yo my food ain't right. Right. The, the old me would just be like, oh, it's going to be okay. We'll take this food home. Now I, we're rubbing off on each other, but that comes from fellowship, right? right? And so with the same with the Holy Spirit, I think every man has to make God priority number one. Number one, and he must be in the center of everything. And I tell young men and just people, period, that what did John 3 says, that people avoid the light lest their deeds be exposed. Oh, it's right. Uh, they don't want to come to the light. People love to stop at John 3, 16, but they don't want to keep reading, right? Exactly. And, and God must be at the center of everything because when he's at the center, that means you welcome him in every area. Even, even if you welcome him or not, he's omnipresent. That's right. I'm the, laughing because your wife said, I've always been funny, kind of. <laughs> kind of. There you go. Now you now you, now you you can get rid of the kind of. Now, now you're funny. Right. See how God does? That's right. That's right. Amen. Oh, let me go ahead and show it. You, you, 
Are <laughs> you yeah. you're putting yeah. her on blank? Yeah, let me stop, man. Because you know, jo- you can't t- you can't crack jokes on your wives, and that's why yeah. I've learned. That's one thing I learned about marriage. Jokes are jokes are funny at other people outside the family, but when mm-hmm. you start cracking jokes with your wife, you just leave it alone. Don't crack jokes. Exactly. Yep. But either way, man, <clears throat> fellowship is key, man. In order for there to be success in any relationship, in any in any type of um. Any type of thing, there has to be fellowship, and it begins with God, fellas. Um, because if you, even if you don't know, you know where to go. So that was my thoughts there, man. And so every that. week, go ahead, Jeff. No, I was just saying, I love that. Go ahead. Yeah, every week, man, you're going to get just what we've gotten from our lives as a family, man, uh, uh, uh lives in life of a preacher, maybe. <laughs> um, and just and you'll just kind of get some insight and just see what God is showing us as we navigate life with our families, within our ministries, in our churches, and all that good stuff. Amen. Cool. And so speaking of, go ahead, Jeff. Go ahead. Sorry, real real quick. Joy and I are celebrating our 13 year marriage on December 1st. What? So it's uh, it's about to get. I, can you man. believe it's been that long? Man, you, right. this your this your second max deal. Right. <laughs> and. We, this is our second year, y'all. Thirteen? Wow, I know, man! I know. I'm, I'm telling you what. So, all right, no, go ahead. Yeah, now we're gonna go into our segment. Let me get the verse up real quick. Oh yeah. And go ahead, Jeff. I'll let you go ahead and do your thing, my brother. Yeah. So uh, today's topic. Up. No, you're good. So today's topic, we're gonna be talking about uh, the security that you have. Uh, but based on your foundation, we're gonna be reading from Luke chapter six and uh, starting in verses forty six through forty nine. This is a really important scripture because, to be honest with you, every single thing that we discuss on this Way Out podcast, it means nothing if we don't follow this actual scripture itself. Meaning there's no advice we can give you that if this isn't your context, if it's not underneath of everything that that you're doing and approaching, it's really not going to work. So it's not that God doesn't work or that prayer doesn't work. It's that our foundations have to be in the right place. So um, I'm going to start reading that scripture. I don't know. Are you bringing that up on the screen? Yeah, it's delaying. I'm about to bring it up in about That's... 10 seconds, my brother. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so uh, yeah, it's Luke chapter 6, verses 46 through 49. And it's okay. Jesus speaking. Um, let's see. When the, uh... Here we go. Okay, cool. All right, awesome. It says, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? We could break that scripture down for a million years, but we're going to continue. (laughs) (laughs) Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you who he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. And so, you know, as I was looking at this and like, these are such powerful scriptures because they remind us that, what we are standing on is just as if not more important than what we are actually building. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are building palaces instead of God's kingdom. Hmm. And the reason lies too often in what they are building on. And so Jesus shows us here that there are those who will be building on something that will last for an eternity versus 
those who are building on temporary things that will be here today and gone tomorrow. And the scary thing, Ezzy, is that they may build a palace successfully, hmm. but as soon as the environment changes and the conditions are no longer peaceable, all of a sudden, every false foundation they've they've spent you know their entire lives building upon becomes exposed for what it really is, and that ultimately leads to their destruction. Hmm. And you know, it it doesn't matter how beautiful the house is, or or the marriage relationship or the business or the ministry, eventually the weather will change and it will prove if what we are building is true and that it holds, meaning that the storm comes to the just and the unjust, but it, but it holds, or if it's faulty and it will crumble, right? And so, you know, I actually remembered a, a hymn by C.T. Studd. He was a famous uh, missionary to Africa. He was actually a great cricket player. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Um, mm. He, he was a great, he was like the number one cricket player in England at the time. And he gave up everything. He gave up a huge mansion to go live in huts in Africa to preach the gospel for the rest of his life. I mean, basically, death was knocking on his door and he said, God, please don't pass me by. And wow. God sent him to Africa and he, he made such an impact in Africa um, at that time. And his his son, um, son-in-law I'll try to think of his name, but he wrote a great book about revival. It's really good. But anyway, he wrote this, this uh, hymn, and one of the stanzas said, Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ hmm. will last. And when I am dying, how happy I'll be if the lamp of my life has been burned out for thee. Let me read that again. Only yeah. one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ, not what's done for me, not what's done for, for what I want and, and what, what I see needs to be done, but only what's done for Christ and his kingdom will last. And when I am dying, how happy I'll be if the lamp of my life has burned out for thee. When our foundation is not on Christ, we will begin to accept anything. You know, you look at the Pharisees and Sadducees, Ezzy. Mm -hmm. They were beautiful on the outside. Yeah. Everything about them was right. They were they 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 did all the right religious things. They had all the right robes. They did all the right things. You know, even Jesus said, "Unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the Pharisees, and said, you cannot enter the kingdom of God." He wasn't um, he wasn't upset with what they were doing. Yeah. The problem, though, is that God sent a storm into the Pharisees' life. That storm was Jesus Christ. Wow. And he came to expose that even though they were doing all the right things, they were doing it for the wrong reasons. He said, you honor me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. And so their foundation was not on the things of Christ. It was on the things of this earth and how they could build their palace and build their kingdom instead of building God's kingdom. And so how does that translate for us? It translates that if I have any other motive outside of Christ, it will eventually, as the conditions change, it will eventually be exposed and begin to crumble. It will begin to fall down because what I'm building on is not something which lasts for an eternity. It is temporary and it doesn't have any standing when it comes to the things that I'm doing in my life. So if my, my marriage isn't built on Christ. If my, my business, my work isn't built on Christ, 
if it's built on ambition or looking good or or having a good marriage just to say I have a good marriage, but meanwhile, I don't actually care about doing the things that Christ has called my spouse and I to, to achieve and to do. And so, yeah, man, I think this is such a good scripture and I want, I want to get your thoughts on it because I think that uh, Jesus is clearly saying here that, listen, you, you call me Lord, hmm. but, but you're not doing what I'm saying. In other words, you're calling yourself a Christian, but you're not obedient. So how can you call me? He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord? Meaning, why are you calling me Lord, which is a, you know, a, a title of, of submission, but yet you're not submitting and you're trying to build. And he says, if you listen to me, you're going to if you if you actually follow what I'm saying and what you're building, it's actually going to produce fruit that is everlasting, regardless of any storms that come. But as soon as you turn from doing the things that I say and being like me, and you start to build your own palace and your own kingdom, eventually the same storm's going to come and it's going to beat against the house. And it says the fall, the ruin of the house was great. So I'm interested to hear what you, what you think, because this scripture is so foundational. It's, it's so dense, everything. man. Yeah. It's so dense, man. And, and when yeah. you look at the text, it really, it really, really puts it down the middle and it shows two sides. It shows you right. a wise builder and shows you, um, a reckless one, um, but both builders are building, but one of the one of each of them are building with a different motive. Like Jeff is saying, they're building um, with with a different mindset. And the first right. builder, I'm look at the text right here. It says, "Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like." And I'm glad Christ gave us a vivid picture. Verse 40 says, "He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock." That, that text alone is dense. He is like a man building a house. The house represents you. The house represents you as a vessel. The house represents what you're building in life, what you're utilizing, your members, your talent, your energy, using everything to build, right? And it also shows who dug deep. Who dug deep is pivotal because most people are, are so deep in deception that their roots are not deep enough. A real believer, a wise person, a person who understands that fundamentally they're flawed. Fundamentally, they have no foundation. And an individual like this says, you know what? I'm going to dig beyond the persuasions of life because the second builder built on sand. It says verse 49. Uh, let me make sure I find the right verse. Uh, but he who heard and did nothing. See, the thing is with this individual, they heard, heard. Yeah. They was there, heard, but did nothing. It's like a man who built a house on the earth. On something right. that's created without a foundation against which the streams beat vehemently, and we'll keep going there, but we'll stop there. First Freddy says he is like a man building a house who dug deep. Number one, in order for us to ensure that we're never moved, um, it's interesting how many believers are moved with the immutable God, an uh, immovable right. God, a God that's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It shows a faultiness in their foundation mentally, right? right. It says laid the foundation on the rock. There's two things here. Lay their foundation on the rock. Notice, Jeff, it didn't say built his foundation on a rock. A right. rock means that the rock, there's these rocks are comparable to the rock. It says built his life, his house on the rock. Most people, they build their life on money, Jeff. They build their right. life on even what, what was spoken into their life. They build their life 
on, on all these different types of rocks, but these rocks are not sustainable. It says right. he, he laid his foundation. People think that uh, what they are is their foundation. Right. As a husband, I'm not my wife's foundation. I am a foundation to a degree that's on a rock. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Right. So your money has to be founded on the rock. Everything right. that is being a, a key cemental ingredient that you're building your foundation with has to be all laid on him. Everything must be laid on the altar and say, God, here, this is for your glory. This is for your use. I'm laying every foundational tool of my life, my money, which is a type of foundation, quote unquote, different things that we use to build our lives. I'm going to build it on you. Unfortunately, most of us are like Aiken and, and we, we hide certain things and we and we don't want to give everything over to God. But we have to say, not only am I laying on the rock, but everything of me is on that rock. That's right. Your money has to be on that rock. Your family has to be on that rock. I've never seen a house that's well built with two different foundations, Jeff. Right. Everything. I mean, go ahead, Jeff. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, everything, including this house's garage, is built on the same rock, the same right. foundation. But go ahead, Jeff. Well, I was just going to say, so for those of you who don't know that my, my dad is a builder, and, and I grew up watching him have houses built and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I want to tell you something. Um, my dad never built a house based on, on opinion. Wow. It was, it was always based on fact. Yeah. It was never based on experience either. In other words, if the developer came in and laid the land, my dad had to build the house to the exact specs that were mm. given or else he would not pass inspection. Wow. So it doesn't matter if my opinion thinks one thing. If I do not meet the specifications of the inspector, I will not pass the inspection. And therefore, I cannot build the house and I cannot sell the house. So mm. in other words, when you start building that foundation, if you do it on opinion, that inspector comes out and they say, hey, hold on, Jeff. You're building like this, but I'm telling you, that's not according to code. Ooh. The code says this. And if you're not building according to the code, now you have to call back in and they have to redo everything they just did or else you will not get the go ahead to keep on building. See, mm. the, the problem is that some of you have thought that you could get by because there was no inspector. You thought that the inspector was absent. And so you kept building on a faulty foundation. And then guess what? You thought you were okay until a storm came. Then all of a sudden, your opinion doesn't matter anymore. Mm -mm. Your culture doesn't matter anymore. Your experience doesn't matter anymore because you were not building to code. So it does not matter whether you want it to be or not be or what somebody around you told you how it should have been. And this is how you grow up. And well, this is my culture or this is how I do it. Or this is my experience or my opinion is this because I went through this situation. It doesn't matter. My dad will tell you that it does not matter how your grandma used to do it, what your cousin does, what their opinion is. If you do not meet the code of the inspector, he will not pass you to move on to continue building that building. And therefore, you will be disqualified. The insurance companies will not insure you mm. because you are built on a faulty foundation. That's why they won't let the inspection go. So that's why it's so important to know that we have a code which is the word of God. And if you're building on something that is not the word of God and then get, getting mad at God because it doesn't work, 
it's not that God was in the wrong. It's that you didn't follow the code, but you expected the same results that the code wants to produce. Mm. And so when so you're trying to get fruit from something that hasn't been inspected and hasn't passed inspection. You have to build it according to code. Then the inspector will come out and say, oh, great job. You did the right code. You followed our code and the specifications. You passed. Now you have the go ahead to start framing and start building and putting a roof and all those beautiful things that you want to do. Ezzy, how many times do we see people get married, spend all this money on everything, but their, their hearts aren't right in the right relationship? Wow. Meaning they're building something not according to code. It's the mm. same thing in ministry and finances and everything else. You want fruit from something that has not been inspected and passed uh, the code the, and passed the inspection. And then you get mad at God and you shouldn't be getting mad at God just because it's not working. Of course it's not working because it's not built to code. For instance, you can't have, you can't enter a good relationship with a woman and get married if you've been sleeping around. That's not according to the code. That's why you have problems because you're out sleeping around with every woman trying to find a wife. That's not what the Bible says. And so it's so important that we're building on the rock that is that is backed by a code, which is the word of God, that will produce a house that whenever the storm comes, it will still be standing. Sorry, I didn't mean to keep on going, but the preacher man came out, bro. Hey, bro, <laughs> that, that, was, that, was, that was powerful, my brother. Who am I to follow that? <laughs> no, come on, bro. No, no, that's no. Just... Because because people don't understand um, that we expect without inspect, right? right? So our expectation comes without allowing our lives to be completely abandoned before God and say, "God, search me, O Lord. Right, search my heart." That's why as a man, as a human, no matter uh, a male or female, woman or man, you literally have to say, God, before I add another brick to my life, before I add any other thing to my life, inspect me, oh Lord. That's why yeah. I don't have any expectations outside of the code. I don't expect anything because, because I know that I'd rather be inspected first before I just have these false expectations. That's right. why I went into my marriage with no expectations outside of the word of God, because I know for a fact that it's a day-to-day-to-day inspection by the Holy Spirit. And we have to be poised, Jeff. Yep. And say, I'm going to take my time to dig deep. Right. Well, that's I'm going to take my time and find the rock in every area of my life. Amen. Most of us are not patient enough to dig deep. Many of us, we're not willing to take the necessary time. The, the, the foolish builder, in other texts you heard, you saw, or you've read that, that you can almost can tell that the individual cared more about the frame than the foundation, right. cared more about how he looked versus how long he lasts, right? right. Oftentimes we care too much about what we look like versus actually lasting. Listen, right. we gotta we the Bible says they that endure till the end shall be saved. Right. Storm after storm after storm is gonna hit you. 
But if you've already taken the time, either you take the time or you waste the time. It's best on the, this end to take your time before you get married. Take your time before you start a business. Take your time before you start a ministry. Take yeah. your time and yeah. dig deep. Because when you take your time on this side, when the storms hit you, yes, you may have a, a busted window. A few shingles fall off, but oh, you're going to still be uh. standing. We're not going to say you're going to be perfectly in pristine, whatever that's the word, condition, but you, the frame, will stand. How many storms hit you, Jeff? How many storms hit me? They're going to come, bro. But you must be rooted and founded knowing, listen, bro, I don't care what virus comes through here. Psalm 91, 10 says, no plague come, shall come now my dwelling. I'm rooted because the code told me a thousand may fall in my left, 10,000 in my right hand, but it won't come near me. Even Man. if it hits my shores, even if Man. it hits my wall, I won't fall. But most people, they care more about what they are. They care more about how they look than how long they last. I don't right. care if my marriage doesn't look that quote unquote fabulous on Instagram. I don't got to post pictures day in, day out to give you all a play by play of my relationship. All right. you know is 25 years from now, you're going to still see a smile on my wife's face because I don't care about how we look in accordance to the world's code, the world's standards. I got to make sure that I'm rooted and anchored in God so that I can last. So it's important bro. that you dig deep. Man, yeah, bro, when you said that about digging deep, let, bro, the, the Holy Spirit, dig deep enough for the storm. Uh, exactly. I can't uh, even uh, finish preachers, it. Preachers can finish other dig, preachers. Yeah. <laughs> dig deep enough for the storm that you are going to go through. Like if you have a calling that is great, some of y'all are jealous of people that are doing better than you, but it's because they dug deeper because they knew that the storm that was coming in their life was greater. And that if they didn't dig Jeff, deep, they weren't going to make it. Jeff, let me tell you something. You must understand and be fully aware of the storms that are, that are current around your seas, around oh, your no. area. Most people, like if you in Florida, you build your house in accordance to hurricanes. If you in the Midwest, you build your house according to tornadoes. Whatever right. your region is, you build according to that. And mostly people right now are envying uh, people's lives and envying people's anointings, but you're not willing to be dug deep. You're not familiar with the storms of that region spiritually, that dimension spiritually. And so the, to whom much is given, much is required, right? right? And most people, Jeff, man, they envy, they want, they want so bad, but their knees are not, they haven't been on the ground long enough. Their faces haven't been before God long enough. Like right. those people who dig deep, those individuals are fully aware of the types of storms in the region that God has commissioned them to govern. It's so true. And you know, the thing is like, everybody wants to cast out demons, but some of you can't even turn your television off. You know, like, that's the thing. Like, you want all these things, and we want all these things, and that's great. But if we're not willing to dig deep, if we're not willing to die and to do it according to the code, it doesn't matter. And so, man, this is powerful, bro. Maybe we can, uh, if anybody has any questions. Yeah, yeah, we, can we, look we, at, we, have, we like, have we have one. Man, this might have to take us a few weeks to get through this, man. This, this, <laughs> yeah, these verses right here, and that's yeah. what we want to teach you all. 
and we are the Holy Spirit is teaching us. I want to make sure that you understand we're with y'all. The Holy Spirit is teaching us not to drive 85 miles an hour through these scriptures. Right. Sometimes you got to drive through this like that 18 miles per hour, 25 miles per hour, kids at play type of neighborhoods. You got to read slowly. Mm-hmm. We ain't even go, we ain't even really gone that deep. And you can tell we honestly, if we if we as preachers really did this, if we had time to do this, we wouldn't have gotten past verse 46. Right. But I wouldn't have a, got past. Yeah, exactly. Verse 46, right to the question mark. Yep. So let me go ahead and pull this question right here, Jeff. We have one that we want to make sure we give our friend some clarity. Let me make sure I didn't skip anybody else who had, had questions. Speak the truth in love. A solid foundation is imperative for longevity and maturity in Christ Jesus. Thank you, brothers, for facilitating this podcast. Stay unshakable in the living word of God. Amen. Amen. Uh, let me see if there's any other. Did I skip any? Um... Yeah, it looks like there's some good testimonies. Praise God. We're with you. I, I only see one question. I think. It's All right, from... Here we go. Yeah. What should I do to dig deep in Jesus? And as I build a relationship with a potential future spouse. Great question, man. Um, go ahead, Jeff. I was just going to say, build your relationship with Jesus first, then worry about the relation, the relationship with the person. When your relationship is founded on the rock, then your relationship can be good, but theirs needs to be built on the rock as well. But I'm, I'll, let me look at the question. I guess is what should I do to dig deep in Jesus as I build a relationship? Man, the number one thing I would tell you when we say dig deep, we mean spend time. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that, that is it. Worship. Read your Bible and spend time and deny your flesh. Spend more time with God than you ever have in your life. Spend more time. Spend The people that were used in revival spent years in prayer. Years in prayer. Years. I know some preachers that pray for eight hours a day. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm just telling you I know preachers in the past who have prayed for eight and six and five and four, three hours a day. So, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, like, like on, 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 to piggyback on that, you have to audit all extra time. Like, think about this. Uh, Of course we work. Some of us have jobs, right? Some of us have families, but what do we really do with that extra time? Right. So to answer your question, my friend, before you're dateable, like dateable because Jeff and I, no matter that we're married, we're still dating our wives because our wives are changing. We're changing. Um, new experiences are pulling out different aspects of themselves of them. And we have to continue to be set date, set time to continue to keep the fire burning in our marriage. Right. So before you're able to be dateable and to date the love of your life forever, you must date these two people first. You must date God. You, you must date yourself. But let me make sure I say this, Jeff, because this this kind of irks my nerves with certain people out there um, in our worship songs and our messages. We have overly romanticized God and we forgot that we should reverence him. We right. treat him like a, a boyfriend. We treat him like a husband, we don't, but we don't treat him like a, a, a father. And I think oftentimes we want this We uh, through deception and demonic influence and culture. We have made God into this love figure. And don't get me wrong, he's a God of love, but we have made it so romanticized that we forget it is not the romance of God that's the beginning of wisdom. It's the reverence of God that begin, that's the uh, beginning of all wisdom, right? And so when you reverence him and you 
and you really see him for who he really is and you recognize his omnipresence, you recognize his omniscience. And because that right there calls you to surrender because you're like, why am I playing God? I, I, I hide this in front of other people, but I'm blatantly showing this for God. And when you begin to have that deep reverential fear of God that is birthed out of the goodness of God that draws you to repentance, then you will lose sight of, of who my wife is, who my husband is, who my potential spouse is, that you will get so lost in God that you actually become found. Right. You got to get lost in God so that you can actually become found so that you can understand who you are. Then when you know the person of God, you know who you are as a personality. When you know who you are as a personality, then you will begin to know your purpose. Once you know your purpose, now you know your person and the parts that's supposed to be counterparts to your life. Without that formula in its direct order, my friend, you're not going to dig as deep as you think. And unfortunately, many people think that their depth of digging is enough. But most people don't realize for certain levels of operation, certain levels of execution in the kingdom of God, you got to go deep, deep. Right. You just can't put a shovel in there one time and be like, I dug deep enough. Now well, I'm ready it, to I, go ahead, Jeff. Go ahead. I was gonna say, even I think that's the case, even in secular terms, meaning even business people. I've never seen a successful businessman who didn't put his whole heart into his business. I've not right. I, I, I've had the pleasure of working with great people. I've worked with vice presidents and CEOs uh, of companies, and there is something different about them that stands out that is the reason why they are where they are. They're not just there because they 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 magically you know, it was happenstance and they just ended there. They yeah. dug deep into something that allowed them to get to the top of their, of their, um, their, um, what would you say? Um, not craft, but maybe craft. I don't know, you know, and mm -hmm. things like that. So, you know, it's the same principle because it, it, it's God saying, Hey, you have to dig deep or else you're not going to be able to stand regardless. It's just that they're building on the wrong thing. That's why they eventually fall. You have to dig deep in accordance to your dependability. Right. As a husband, I got to ask myself, how long do you want to be dependable, Josh? How long do you want your wife to feel that she can depend on you? Right. Based upon that longevity, that forecast will determine how much, how much feet I must dig deep. Mm -hmm. Because I know most people want wide branches, Jeff, but not deep roots. Man. Big branches. Oh, they want big fruit with flimsy branches. That's right. And you, the, and the, that's oh, that's good. I'm right now. Like, like 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 I I told a young I, I was 2016. I spoke to like the top 100 basketball players at a camp, and yeah. I told them all y'all want big fruit. Y'all want max deal contracts. Y'all want to go to big time schools, but your branch is not strong enough. Man, that's a, a, a a fruit can break a branch. That's or right. a fruit can bring you low enough for the enemy to take your branch. The enemy that, don't even got to climb your tree to steal your fruit. Your right. fruit hang low. Right. People care so, so much about how wide they want to be. I want to be, I, I'm called to the nations. I'm called to this. Or I want, I want these amount of business. I want this amount of land. Do you not understand that there's a difference? I think I said this in previous podcasts. There's a difference between uh, obtaining something and sustaining something. There's right. a difference between getting married and sustaining a marriage, right. right? There's a difference. Marriage, everything in life has maintenance fees. Everything right. in life, you get it, great, congratulations. But now your work just started. 
Because now every day you have to maintain that thing. So the goal, I wish that we cared more about roots and branches than we do fruit. Well, I think I think it um I think it comes down to mindset. That's real. Yeah, that's right. You know, our mindset is most people's mindset is like um it's fixed, it's focused on one thing. But it, it's it, they don't have a mindset where they're thinking outside the box, like what can I do to grow this and blah blah blah, you know. But like what you said is so powerful because you know you look at these people and you want to go to the nations. How come you haven't gone to your neighbor? Yeah. Wow. I mean, you want to go to the nations, but you won't even talk to your neighbor. So I don't believe you when you say you want to go to the nations, but you won't even talk to your neighbor. What about what about the people that you can reach in your family? How come you haven't talked to them? It doesn't make any sense. So, you know, the thing is, though, for the person that has the right mindset, I'm going to talk to my neighbor. I'm going to be there. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Because and then God's going to send that person to the nations because he knows he can trust them with a few things. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. He can trust them with the small things. And so that he can give them bigger things. But see, you've got to dig deep, 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 because the storm that's coming against somebody that is sent to the nations it's a much bigger storm than somebody who's just sent to their neighbor. That's and so if you're not willing to put in the, in, in the, the I, I'm as have you ever, you know, have you ever dug a ditch? It is not yeah. fun. It's not easy. And it's not, it fun. is hard work. You get blisters all over your hands. You got to do stuff. If you don't have the right tools, you're going to be there all day long. And, and so, yeah, go ahead. And I want to encourage my friend here and everyone listening, like don't be embarrassed while you dig deep. And while they big fast, they build fast. Oftentimes we get discouraged. I know a lot of single people may be watching. You get discouraged because you're watching these people going up while you're going down. People understand that demotion is oftentimes your greatest promotion, that 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 it may take years for you to dig deep and find the rock. It's better the time used. Hear me. The time used, my friend Slayer 97, the time used to dig deep. Before you build up with, with someone, mm-hmm. will be time best used in a person who, despite the warnings, despite the, the inspection requirements and code, who doesn't dig deep but builds on sand, the time you invest early on to dig deep in fellowship with God and spend that time. And people look at time like, okay, time is cool. No, time is of the essence. Time is what builds like like fellowship. Like it, me and my wife can be in the same room, but if I don't spend that time with her, we right. th- a disconnection builds. Right. So my friends out there who are single, yes, people are building relationships fast. They build them overnight, boom, up. On Instagram, up. They met yesterday's on Instagram that same night. It's got a bunch of likes. It looks good. Don't be, don't despise the days of digging. Of small beginnings. And remember, just just on that about social media, Jesus would have been kicked off of Twitter and Facebook. So so it it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, um, All of them, he would have been censored. He would have had a little thing up under his picture talking about uh, Pharisee says. Yeah, this is disputed. So this is uh, disputed. I mean, yeah, right. It's crazy so, how uh, they can dispute the undisputed, but that's another exactly. that's another topic for another day. I think but, maybe we can do. You want to do one more question? I think uh, Letitia Harris. Yeah we'll, yeah, we'll get we'll get in there. Um, but yeah, my friend Slayer ninety seven five zero one. 
um, spend that time, invest that time. And the next question will kind of give you some insight on what that looks like. Latasha, Letitia Harris, please forgive me, says, how do you deal with the scattered mind while spending time with God? I easily get distracted and sometimes I feel like I'm not spending time with God correctly. Great question. Um, I don't know if you want to take jab at it, Jeff, or you want me to go at it. Um, um, what do you, what I'll, are you go, feeling? I'll go, I'll go really quick and then, and okay. then you go. Um, okay. I was just, just two things that came to mind. Number one. Yeah. Every time you go to spend time with a God, the devil will do everything he can to get you distracted. Yep. So what you're experiencing is not something that's out of the ordinary for any Christian. You know, if you don't turn your phone off, if you don't turn the TV off, if you don't put the kids somewhere where they can be watched and, and not interrupt, if you if you don't shut out, it, it can be very difficult. So that number one, there's natural distractions, right? Mm-hmm. Meaning they're not necessarily nefarious. Like your kids aren't a bad thing, but they can be a distraction when you're trying to spend time alone. So like, for instance, our, our boys know that whenever mommy and daddy have the room, uh, the door closed, uh, like my wife will go up and she'll do her Bible study and prayer. She'll have the door closed. They know not to come anywhere near that. They'll come to me during that time. Then when I go up by myself, I'll shut the door and, you know, do that. And then, of course, we have Bible study together. But one thing is that um, uh, God is a God of peace. Yeah. He is. The, the Bible says that a, a double minded man is unstable in all his ways. I think more when you say a scattered mind. One of the things that I immediately thought of, as and you, I want you to uh, think about or uh, to tell me what you think about this is worship. If yeah. you can open up your Bible time with worship and begin to cry out to the Lord and spend time in worship, that has always helped me because I'm like this person. My mind is going 50 miles an hour just from a million different things that I'm doing in the natural. But whenever I begin to worship and I allow and I invite the Holy Spirit in. All of a sudden, his peace comes over me and things begin to become uh, focused. And so um, if it's a major issue, like you you literally every single time you feel like demonic presence and it's attacking you, then I would suggest you fast and pray. Fasting is the answer to most things. You would be surprised a lot of Christians do not fast. They fake fast, but they don't actually fast. You know, they, they, they say they're fasting. But they're still doing things that, you know, like, for instance, they, uh, basically they're just on a diet. Like they're, they're just not eating, but they're not spending time in prayer during the times they would be eating. Um, and they're doing things that like they're, they're, they're watching things that aren't necessarily bad, but they're not they're not bringing them into a place of, of prayer and fasting. So I would encourage you to fast and to pray and for and worship. So the spirit of God, his peace can be in there with you. But Ezzy, what do you think about that? Right when you were saying that, Jeff, four A's came to mind, man. And it kind of kind of surrounds how I'm sure Jeff and myself kind of enter into his um, presence. Um, first, we have to understand when we talk about presence, we're not talking about um, his universal presence. Because the Bible says in him that we live, move and have our being. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. It is the tapped in of that presence that I'm tapping in. When your mind begins with the first A, awareness. When I am aware that he's everywhere, when I'm aware that he's a present help in a time of trouble, when I'm aware that in his presence is a fullness of joy, there has to be awareness. Awareness comes with the allowance. There we go. Now that's another A, the allowance of the Holy Spirit to renew your mind and to focus your mind to become aware. 
Right. The, the best way to become aware, the next A, is to create an atmosphere of awareness. Like Jeff is saying, you got to create an atmosphere where, and that's through worship, but uninterrupted worship, which means you got to learn how to become disconnected from your devices. You have to learn to be disconnected from, from the cares of this world. That's why I said you have to be okay with getting lost in God. Um, if you want to remember anything, spend time with God. If you right. want to remember anything that you forgot to do that day, if you want to remember anything, if you want to remember anything in life, try to spend time with God. The enemy is going to try to make you aware of things that, that desperately needs your attention. But when you realize that he deserves my undivided attention, then you'll start subtracting things previously out of your life that right. is the top three or four things as a threat. To that time with God, which That's means right. you you got you gotta you gotta allow the Holy Spirit to bring you to a place of repentance and showing you your idolatry, showing you insecurities, showing you your weights and your sin. The Bible says, "Lay aside every weight and right. sin." Pastor Gould preached on that last was Sunday. I'm looking at my wife. My wife's in another room, but I'm looking for. But he she, he talked right. about not everything's a sin. There's some weights. Right. You got to remove some unnecessary. Ways out of your life so that time with God going forward becomes more uninterrupted. It becomes more fruitful. And like, like, like you have to pull me away from my time with God. Because right. as you grow in this thing with God, you begin to see just how peaceful it is, just how prepared for your day you become, just how what it, all the other things like that. Let me get to the rest of my age so we can get going because I know we're going pretty long today. Oh, no, you're, you're fine. The first A is allowance. You must allow the Holy Spirit um, to make you aware, aware of your own depravity, aware of your own issues, aware of all those different things and start removing those things so that you can become more aware of the goodness of God, more aware of the, the, the beauty that comes at the time of God, etc. Then from that awareness, you can't wait to create the atmosphere. The Bible says, enter into my courts with thanksgiving or enter my courts with praise. What's up? Uh, yep. Yeah, and yep. And enter my court. Yeah. With thanksgiving. Yep. You're right. And into with my praise. courts with praise, right? Yeah. That's what worship does. Now be very careful who you listen to while you worship, right? All right. We just, the Holy Spirit leads you on that. I can't tell you what songs to listen to, what song not to listen to. But then you create this atmosphere where people have to understand that spending time with God it's much more than just sending your email through for requests. It's much more than just praying for others, right? It's actually for you to be cleansed. Yes. Being in God's... Go ahead, Jeff. Go ahead. I was saying that requires tarrying. That requires well, tarrying. That, that, that used to be an old term they would use, but it means waiting on the Lord. Wait. Yeah. Like 80% like of your time with God should probably be silent. I wouldn't say silent. I'm talking not silence of praise, not silencing your praise. But you should well, even make I, no requests. No. Like, like the presence of God should be so rich that right. you almost forget your requests. Mm -hmm. I think ahead. what you said, I think what you said is true because 80% of your time in prayer is trying to get you to be silent <laughs> on the right. inside. That's so right. You, so you can listen. And, and, and if it, guess how much we've missed since we don't want to listen. Right. We think that time of God is just, hey, here, hey, God, devotion time, read a scripture. That's that ain't. It's like a formula again. Do you really think that little stuff that we do is 
heavy enough, strong enough, powerful enough to defeat the devil that has plot, scheme, snare set up for your day before you even woke up? We have to go ahead, Jeff. And I was saying, do you think you're powerful enough to deal with the flesh that is on the inside of you? That's real. Because because Paul said he had to die daily. Man, listen, Jeff. I told my I teach a Sunday night Bible class at my church to 16, 18 year olds. They you should have saw their face when I said I'm evil. <laughs> they automatically thought evil, evil. I said, no, no, no. I told them, I said, the more aware that you are, that you know that you are evil, right? That your heart is desperately wicked. Well, you it's, become even more dependent on God. It's so funny you said that because I, I was watching this guy one time and, the, and I, I won't say who the preacher was. Um, yeah. But he basically looked at the young man and he said, he said, here's your problem. Have you ever, he said, have you ever seen Lord of the Rings? And the young man said, yeah. And he goes in there, you know, you think that you're a hobbit or you're one of the warriors, but you're not. You're one of those things, you know, the monsters that are under the earth. They come out. He said, that's what you are. That's who Christ died for. Yeah. Not the not the warriors and the good hobbit and all that kind of stuff. You're you're the evil thing that came up out of the, the thing. And, and, he, and he said, he said, uh, it really changes perspective because, you know, you, you think you're so good, but you're not. When you realize there's no good in you, but his spirit. It's only him. You you rush to his presence. Right. Because God, man, I need you. So to answer your question, how to That's deal with good. the scatter mind while spinning. You can't give two preachers a question. Right. If you give two <laughs> preachers a question, you're gonna get more than what you asked for. Okay. <laughs> I no, easily get distracted and sometimes I feel like I'm not spending time with God. God cares about quality over quantity, my friend. Exactly. Quality yeah. over quantity. We're not trying to tell y'all to pre uh to spend five hours with God. Right. And that goes to our next question. And I'll kind of uh, we'll go with that as we talk up to the, the uh, Letitia there. Yeah, exactly. Quality, genuineness is all God is looking for. Genuineness, mm -hmm. honesty, um, uh, uh, just genuineness, just saying, God, I need you. All right. Reveal yourself to me, God. Yeah, I want to know you in a deeper way. I think, Ezzy, what you're echoing is that it's a relationship, not a religion. It's a relationship. I can't go to my wife and be like, how do we do this thing? Right. <laughs> I, I, I do it by the help of God, man. It's relationship. Ask questions. Go in his word and, and learn more about him. Uh, and, and then watch, because the more I understood God's attributes, the richer my time beca became with him. Because you can't have a good time with someone if you don't understand who they are. And Jamila says, hey, Josh and Jeff, how do I engage in prayer for hours? Don't even think about the hours. Start with the five minutes. Build on the time that you actually have. Jeff, you there? I think we lost Jeff. Hold on. We'll get Jeff back. Let me see if he's messaging me. Jeff, you frozen, my brother. Can y'all comment? Let me know if y'all can still hear me. Maybe it's me. How do you let me see if I can get Jeff back? Give me one second, y'all. I think we lost Jeff. Let me let me see if Jeff is gonna come back. Let me call him real quick. Let me see if uh oh you can hear me. Great, great. Let me get Jeff back in here. 
Let me call him. You can hear me great, Gray. I'm glad. Make sure Jeff good. Okay, maybe his uh, computer died. But yeah, we'll get Jeff back. I hear you, Coach. Thank you, Sugar Mom. Thank you. But yeah, like we were saying, man, it's not about the quantity. It's about the quality. And and you just got to build your endurance. You got you just got to build it. Um, I, I, it's, we're not sitting there saying that you have to pray four or five hours. That's definitely not what we're saying. But what we are saying is that whatever extra time that you have, become aware, you know, become aware of what the Holy Spirit wants you to do. Become aware with, with God, what can I do? What can I do with this extra time? You'll be surprised how much time you can spend with God. If you, here's Jeff. You good, bro. He's back. Yeah. You'll be surprised how much time you spend with God. If you treat, if you allow God in every aspect of your life, what I mean by that is I have business and creative sessions with God. I have time when I spend with God, where I'm like, God cleanse me. I have, there's multiple ways. And usually it's based upon your awareness of his omnipresence where you're like, God is with me. Why not talk to him? We can't hear you, Jeff. Hey, sorry. Can you hear me now? There we go. Now we can hear you. Sorry. No, I wasn't saying anything. No, I, sorry. I went out something wrong with my internet. It must be kids doing homework. Um, okay. We're almost done. Yeah, no, I saw uh, Jamila's question about how do I engage in prayer for hours? Um, nowhere in the Bible does it say to pray for hours. Yeah. But if the Lord leads you to pray go. for hours, there that's the difference. Yep. Um, and he has led people from time to time to do that. But what I would say is this. Uh, Smith Wigglesworth used to say, I never prayed for more than 15 minutes at a time, but I never went 15 minutes without mm, prayer. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. So. It, it, what he was getting at was was not a formula that you need to pray every 15 minutes. What he was saying is that every time the Holy Spirit engages you to pray, you should be open, open to intercede. So if the Holy Spirit says, leave the room and go and pray, be obedient, he'll trust you to do it more. That's it. Last question, and then we'll get right into our last segment, and we'll get out y'all get out y'all's way. I think this is our third question. No, we're good. Yeah. Rochelle Weir says, how do we distinguish between the enemy and God's plans on your life? Wow. Great question. How did we do we distinguish between the enemy and God? The word of God says in Proverbs, I believe it's in 10, Proverbs 10, it says, many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's the purpose of the Lord that prevails, right? Um, every Everything that we've shared with you lines up with fellowship. Um, um, how Based like this, the Federal Reserve, I, I found out years ago that the people that look for counterfeit $100, counterfeit $20 bills, they don't study the counterfeits over and over again. They study the original so much that it's easy to spot a difference. If you keep looking at the counterfeits and you keep looking at what the devil's doing, the devil is the truth only has to show itself one time. But a lie can be shown a million times. Right. Deception has plenty of options. The truth has one option, right? There's always an original and there's a bunch of counterfeits. So fellowship with God, the more you fellowship with him, the more you get to know him. Like the Bible says, my sheep know my voice and the stranger they will not follow. How do you know one's voice? You know one's voice through fellowship. And 
you can distinguish between the enemy and God's plan for your life. Like Jeff mentioned earlier, God's presence comes with peace. The devil's comes with pressure. The devil can't, the devil can't, he comes with pleasure and pressure. God comes with peace. And peace. Go ahead, Jeff. And that doesn't mean that you don't go through a hard time because who I thought of immediately was Joseph. Yeah. Remember at the end, man, Joseph inspires me so much because at the end he tells his brothers, he says, look, don't worry. This, you thought that you were doing it out of evil, but God was doing it for your good. For your good. And, and it <clears throat> amazes me that he can look over and say that after being betrayed as a teenager all the way till he's 30 something years of age, spend what, 13 years in prison or more. Uh, uh, lied about, cheated on, everything you can imagine. And he says the whole time God's hand was in it. Hmm. So, you know, the way you distinguish though, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and he adds no sorrow to it. The difference with Joseph is that even though he was going through a hard time, God's favor did not leave him. Hmm. Does favor leave you whenever you go through a hard time? Because that's the enemy. That's the enemy. But if you're going through a hard time and you still have favor, people can't figure out why why you're in prison, but you're the leader of the prison. Mm. Why you're a slave in the palace, but my God, you have the you have the ear of the owner. You know, like you you, you because the favor of God was in there. God's favor and provision is all along the way, no matter how difficult it is. Now, some preachers will tell you that you should never go through hard times. That's a lie. You That's should lie. turn on your television and never watch them again because they don't read their Bibles. They speak peace to you when there is no peace. Mm -hmm. Go read Jeremiah 23. It'll open up your eyes and then yeah. turn on Christian television. It'll open up your eyes. But what I'm saying is that when God does something, you don't have to kick a door down. He'll open it. God uses your situation and turns it around for his glory because he's working all things together for your good. Yeah. But if you are going through a difficult time, that's okay. But is God's favor there? Is God's peace there? You know, God can give you a dream and a vision and then all hell breaks loose. That's what happened with Joseph, right, Ezzy? That's he, right. God showed him a dream. Then he showed him another one just in case he was confused. He confirmed <laughs> it a second time, right? Because I know some of us want to hear it. We need to hear it 20 times before we believe. And, and that's human, right? But Joseph heard a word and then all of a sudden all hell broke loose yep. on his life. But God's favor accompanied the dream that God gave Joseph. And so whenever God gives you a dream, it, you know, and I'll just finish with this. Ezzy, do you remember when, when Jesus walked by the fig tree? And yeah. he, said, he said, it hasn't been growing. He said, if you don't grow, if you don't grow for like three years or something like that and blah, 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 and it wouldn't produce fruit. So what did he do? He told, he told it to die and, and never live again, right? And so basically if something's not producing fruit, even though Joseph was in prison, there was fruit being produced. Yep. Even though he was enslaved <clears throat> to trade, there was fruit being produced. Just because, just because you're, you know, Jesus was on the cross, but he was still winning. Just because it looks like you're losing, mm. that's whenever the Christian is winning. That's yep. when the Christian should fight and pray and stand firm when it looks like all hope is lost. Because when Jesus was dying on the cross, every demon in hell was celebrating, but God knew that in order for his glory to be revealed and for him to bring people to reconcile back to him, Jesus had to die. The devil was a dummy and didn't know it and was celebrating what he thought was Jesus's demise, but turned out 
to be his his um his victory. And so are you fighting from a place of victory, even though it's difficult? If you're if Jesus is in the plan, he will confirm. And he, the Bible says that he that began a good work in you, he'll fulfill it to the end. He'll see it through to the end. You don't have to worry if it's him or the devil because God's favor will be there. And if it's not, abandon it. My brother, I ain't adding nothing to that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm going to get a headache from preaching tonight, bro, with all these lights. We're going to be all right, brother, because the light is in us. Hey. Amen. All right. All right. Well, let's get to our top three. Uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and change segments. Yeah, let's change segments. So, go ahead. And we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and talk about our top three. What you would call this, Jeff? Top three desserts because there's there's a difference. Our, yeah, our top three favorite desserts. It can be from a place or a type of dessert, but whatever it is, just our top three. This is tough for me, Jeff, because yeah. this is an area of my life. This is the only area of my life where I'm sweet. Okay. I love sweets, man. Yeah, me too. And it's it's a happy place for me. me it too. really is. It's one of those places where you know you just sit back and you got your great slice of cake mm -hmm. or your top whatever snacks, and you're just like, man, everything's all right in the world. Man, thank you. You reminded me of my other favorite thing. All right, go ahead. Man, I, I, it was tough for me to get my top three, bro. Well, I, I got mine now because you just said it. I was trying to remember my exactly. I, I couldn't remember my third one, and you just you just reminded me. Now, these are my top three desserts right now. Not okay. of all time. We're not even, we're just going to go right now. What am I going to go and get in this season of my life? Okay, go ahead. So what we'll do is we'll go back and forth. You start with your three. Uh, we'll do our threes together. And for those who's in the chat, man, let us know who y'all top three favorite uh, desserts are. Oh. Let us know. Slayer said them honey buns. Ezzy they, is, they, they know me. They know me. Ezzy, do you remember in college about them honey buns? Bro, y'all, hold on a second. When we were in college, Ezzy, you remember the vending machine down in the um, man, bro, uh, do, thing? And we, we used to do get I them ever. Honey Do you remember John used to bring out the uh, – there was this guy in college that used to – he was an entrepreneur, if you've ever known one. And he would go out and buy different types of snacks, put it in like this cart, and then drag it around to each dorm room and uh, sell it for a markup so he can make money. Man, that man was a drug dealer. <laughs> right. Every night I'm over there looking for quarters, going down the halls. Has anybody got a dollar? <laughs> and I'm over there knocking on his door late at night, man, scratching my neck like this, man. Yo, John, right. you got any more of them honey buns, brother? Right. And he... All right. All right, go ahead. Ah, oh, man, this is tough, man. You want to go? You want to go one, one, or all three and all three? I don't care. Whatever we you go, want. we go back and forth. You do your three, right. I do my three, or we can go back and forth. We'll start with our three, the third, our third, the the third one, not the top one, but the bottom. The third okay, one. the bottom one. All right, go ahead, man. man mines, bro. Right now in my life, right now, right now in my life, right now, number three will have to be apple fritters. Oh, okay. Apple fritters because, yeah, there's this place uh, called the Donut House. Mm -hmm. When I'm on that side of town, bro, their apple fritters are amazing. Who else got good apple fritters? So there's a really good place near Joanne and I. If y'all come down, I'll take you to it. it. Joanne's dad loves apple fritters, and he always goes up and gets it. They even sell the batter for you to make it yourself at home. Whoa. Yeah. And this is, like, up in the country, like, you know, like where they have cabins and stuff, so you know they know how to cook their uh, 
they're like sweet desserts and such. With yeah, see, see, people who've known me for a period of time, even from the Good Guys podcast, all those who know me from that era and know me from before that, just a different dessert and snacks are two different things. As I matured in life, now it's desserts. It's not snacks. A man should not snack. A man should get desserts. Okay. So my number three is apple fritters, my brother. Right. right now in my life, right now at this very moment, apple fritters. Number three. All right. My number three, and this is hard because it could be one as well, but uh, are lemon butter bars. Jeff, I only know what that is. So it is a, it, I want you to look up a butter bar. And basically it looks like a mini, I don't know if you know what a butter bar is. Oh, Brittany said uh, Krispy Kreme donuts. Praise the Lord, everybody. So anyway. She's, she's still stuck in Canaan. No, no, I she's, love she's still stuck in Egypt, bro. No, she, no she's right. Krispy so, Kreme uh, is good, bro, but man, I like those yeast donuts, my brother. I know, I feel you. All right, so anyway, uh, that's black. All right, so anyway, <laughs> sorry, sorry, uh, let, no, sorry. so lemon butter bars, you have to look it up and see. I'm but they are amazing. They, there's a lady that used to do, she was the head chef at the Ritz Carlton in Atlanta. She came up to our small little town, yep, and she makes them. She decided to start her own dessert place. and. Uh, yeah, they look like that, but hers look the hers are like all four of those combined to equal one. I mean, it's amazing. Wow. Maybe three. All right. So that's my third. Lemon butter bars. What's let's what see what everybody else saying. My wife says cheesecake's number three first. Y'all always say yep. cheesecake. Cheesecakes are yeah. Oh wow, Jamila put out she put her all out there. Well, that's good. Carrot cake, Ooh. sweet potato pie, and pound. Well, I love pound cake. There was a person in Charlotte, uh, my good friend growing up, his grandmother used to make pound cake. And she would send one to school for just he and I so we could have it. <laughs> he and I. That's why you got to get good friends with people right. in their family that can cook. Oh, why y'all giving us all three? Yeah, my hold wife. on a second. We're my on wife. That's just my it, wife. She Listen, you, well, she does what she wants. She, she's, she's allowed. allowed. She, yep, she yep. do what you want to do, babe. That's fine. My number two. Man, Sorry, she, I, I was reading Jamila. She said, the lemon butter bars, diabetes on a plate, but also delicious. She is so right. It is the most rich dessert on earth, but it's amazing. All right, go ahead. Sorry. Number two. My number two, man, bro, I just made my change. Mm -hmm. Or it might be Todd for right now in my life. Todd for number two will have to be carrot cake and pound cake. I love carrot cake. Carrot cake number two. Pound hey. cake. Let, let me ask you this. Do you yes, remember Do you remember when we preached in Kansas City with Kenny in college? Uh -huh. Do you remember afterwards they took us to a restaurant that was family owned and they had carrot cake in one of those, you know, at a wedding whenever they have like the, yeah. and the, the uh, candle underneath and it was warm and you yeah. could spoon it out. Do you remember that carrot cake? Bro, I can't remember that far back. Now. Oh, I still remember it to this day. That was the best carrot cake I ever had in my life. I wish I can go back in time. Maybe the Holy Spirit bring it to my remembrance. Because if that's the best, if that, if Kenny, I can't remember. Kenneth Lord Mac Jr., get on here and tell us what the name of the restaurant was yeah, in bring, Kansas City that was owned by somebody at the church, I think, and they had that carrot cake. We need right, to, um, we need to, yeah, we got to bring the prophet on here. Yeah. Uh, number two for me was, uh, man, you're going to laugh, but I love this. I don't care. Brownies from Publix. Publix, they sleep on Publix desserts, bro. I, I'm telling you, brownies from so brownies are. I like, never had them. Brownies are like my number one all-time favorite dessert. Period. But 
Number two, I put brownies from Publix because anytime I go there, you can get the ones with the walnuts or without. But bro, go to go to Publix and tomorrow. buy. You can buy like sometimes they have a four pack and sometimes they have eight mini ones. So you can look like you know you're behaving or whatever, but really you're just gonna eat the whole thing. So anyway, mm -hmm. uh try that. They're so rich and good. I want you to try it and tell me what oh, you think. I will tomorrow, whether my wife likes it or not. I will try it tomorrow. I, I, I want you to go try it, and then I want maybe on the next podcast, I want you to tell me about it. I got you, brother, because I love brownies. I th I've seen them at Publix, but I don't trust this was just my own prejudice. I just not prejudice as far as black and white, just my prejudice against grocery store brownies. Yes, I agree. They don't but do Publix good with brownies. Publix <clears throat> is not the same as most grocery stores. I got you because I agree with you. I don't like Kroger. Uh, uh, I don't like any, actually, I don't like, I do not buy brownies from any grocery store at all. I think they're terrible, cool. but, but, uh, Publix, they're different. Hands down. They're different. Uh Oh, Jamila says, she says, Jeff, my carrot cake is the best. I'm setting up, I'm setting a business called divine. Eat. Hey, well, we bless you in Jesus name. And, uh, uh, we will come and taste test. <laughs> Jesus name. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know Jamila. Yeah. All right. Uh, my number one. Everybody knows what this is. It don't matter what season of life you'll find me in. This cake will be forever number one dessert for me. And y'all already know, those who's been following me for a long time now, that is yellow cake with chocolate icing, three layers. And it's sad that that dessert is not honored and respected like it should be respected. <laughs> It's not I respected. I can find brownies at a grocery store. Like yellow cake, Charlie, you have to make that cake. Not too many places just has that cake readily available. You have cheesecake readily available at a lot of diners and restaurants and stuff. You got brownies available. But yellow cake with chocolate icing, my brother? Yeah, it's very rarely available. You have to make that homemade. That's my number one, Jeff. So that's your number one. So my number one is a cake as well. And it is only sold at this place called, oh my goodness, Ezzy, I forgot the name. Um, hey. Hold on. Hold it's on. All good. It's um, all good, my brother. Oh my goodness. I'll think of it. Anyway, they're here in Georgia only. They're only in two locations that I know of, one near my in-laws and one near me. And it's called Death by Chocolate. And it is everything that every type of chocolate is inside this cake. The cake, the actual cake itself, so not excluding the icing, is almost like a brownie. That's how dense and soft and moist it is. That it's almost like a brownie, but it's cake. And it's called Death by Chocolate. It's, I mean, it, it's really expensive, but it is the, I usually you know, my in law get it from Sometimes I wonder, Jeff, whether through death or through the rapture, what will my last dessert be <laughs> don't think about that now i'm not thinking about that i, I got a lot of life to live Amen. but i know god gonna look out for me god probably gonna rapture me up bro in the middle of my favorite dessert i know god because i know when i get to heaven soon as i swallow that first bite when i get to heaven bro i used to ask my mom you sure we're gonna eat up there because right. if we're not eating up there i don't want to go <laughs> When I was a child, I spoke like a child. Okay. Lettuce and grass we eat up there. Hey, Trust me, I'm going. My boys ask the same same types of questions. I know Dad, God is Dad, good. are we going to have food in heaven? 
I said, well, we have the marriage supper of the lamb. And I know they have to have brownies up there. So, I mean, they're, yeah. yes. Okay. My sister just responded. It's oh. Alpine Bakery. That's what it is. It's Alpine Bakery. And it is Thank in you, Woodstock, Georgia and Roswell, Georgia. Alpine Bakery. They're really nice. I actually used to know one of the chefs there. And they were featured by Southern Living. They're amazing. And well, my wife loves Southern Living. I think that's the magazine she likes. I'm sure she does. Yeah. My wife likes Southern Living too. Yeah. See, they're Thank twins. Thank you, Kelsey. They're twins. We're and twins. then, uh, as he said, that your top three, your top one was so basic. Uh, uh, Brittany said that. I said, yeah, I agree. Well, it's so basic. Listen, <laughs> I'm a simple man, man. Now, it, nothing wrong with that. All right, let's see. Which, what's, your, what's your number one? What's y'all's number one? Somebody okay. said banana pudding, buttermilk pie. I never, oh, yeah. I actually had um buttermilk pie, I think, a while back. Mint Butter chocolate brownies. Yep, that's good. Cheesecake, vanilla, birthday cake, apple pie. Apple pie is so basic. <laughs> Krispy Kreme. See, Krispy Kreme donuts are okay, bro. They are. But okay. They're only what good of, when what, they're what, hot. What kind of donuts do you like? Like, I love Krispy Kreme as far as a franchise goes. Oh, I Obviously, see. Obviously, the best donuts are the ones that are homemade that are privately owned. I agree with you. There we go. That. That's all I'm saying. Krispy okay, Kreme, yeah. yeah, I agree with you. When yeah. when I when you're poor, when you when I grew up as a poor child, yeah, my mom was doing the best that she could. Yeah. Krispy Kreme was our go-to to celebrate to enjoy. When I got my own money, Jeff. And I taste and seen how good these privately owned bakeries are. Yeah, that's true. And I you do. and you trying to tell me Krispy Kreme is better than that? Yeah. The donut that that just it's bigger. It's 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 flavorable, flavorful. So you yeah. like you said more, you said more yeasty. Like the the there was a donut shop that I grew up near when I was a kid, and my dad used to come home. He worked the night shift. And he would come home in the morning every once in a while, man. We got so blessed. He would come home with this big white carton of, uh, do you know what long johns are? The pants? So No, the, the donuts. No. Oh, oh, with the cream. So, so they have chocolate on top and cream in the middle, buttercream in the middle. And That's they're the best four. donuts on the face of the earth. The best of long johns. Yes. Yes, sir. So, so they used to make this at three, at mid, they would start at midnight wow. and start cooking um, getting all their prep and all that kind of stuff so, so that they could open up at like 4 or 5 a.m. And that's when my dad would swoop in and get them fresh. Ooh. The long johns and the twists. And then they had huge uh, donuts with maple glaze on top. But the places, Jeff. Yeah. So those are the best donuts I've ever had. But as far as franchise donuts, meaning corporate-owned, Krispy, excuse me, Krispy Kreme, I think, is the best. But, of, uh, of course, uh, a private-owned bakery outdoes them all. I 100% agree with you on that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, man, when I bit into those donuts like that, Jeff, I said Krispy Kreme just got knocked off his throne. Yeah, I agree with you on that. All right, so peanut butter, em empathetic insight says peanut butter, chocolate chip cookies, chocolate chip brownies, and coconut cake. All right. Oh, peanut yeah. butter. My, my wife loves coconut cake. I don't like coconut, bro. Me, I don't really either, So, I, except for I do like it from Publix, but I'll just give it to her and we'll walk away. Uh, my mom says, mom, what's up? Says cheesecake, lemon meringue. Y'all, my mom loves lemon meringue pie. Since I was a kid, she has always loved lemon. So I always knew what to get her. Uh, and <laughs> upside down, <clears throat> pineapple cake. 
Hey, Mom, actually, Joanne's making an upside-down apple cake, and it has caramel bits. They're like these soft uh, okay, caramel Joanne. things that are chewy. That are going in there, and it's and it has like a it's, it has like the uh, white or yellow cake mix in it, Ezzy, and then the caramel bits, and then you serve it with ice cream. She's making that with um Thanksgiving. Okay, Joanne, I see you out there. Oh, tiramisu, macadamia white chocolate cheesecake, German. Oh. Ch well, y'all fancy with y'all desserts. Maybe what about, red, what about red velvet cake? Does that red, vel red velvet I cake has red velvet. red velvet cake has to be done right, Jeff? Yeah. Oh. oh my Mama says, oh, y'all love, everyone loves Krispy Kreme. I get it. I get it. It's the nostalgia. Krispy Kreme will always have a special place in my heart. I'm pretty sure that when we walk through those pearly gates, Jeff, we're going to see at least these, you know, the, when you're on the highway, got those big, long signs that lets you know, you know, hey, when you get off this exit, there's a there's a McDonald's or whatnot. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure off the highway at the, at the pearly gates, we're going to see Chick-fil-A. Waffle House. Tell Kenny we're not gonna see Popeyes. All right, keep on going. No, we're not gonna see Popeyes. Don't. That's the. I'm just. That's, he and Kenny have a feud over that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Popeyes nowhere close. Oh, and we're gonna see a Bojangles up there. I guarantee. Hey, what do you think it. about? What do you? What would you all think? As I want to ask you this. So yeah. they've got the Popeyes chicken sandwich, the Chick Fil A chicken sandwich, the Church's chicken sandwich. Do you have a Church's chicken in? Uh, we have a Church's. Yeah. Right, and a Church's chicken sandwich. We ought to try all three of those and sit and give our uh, our opinion on it to see which one's the best. Yeah, we should. I'm I'm interested in what churches because churches. I haven't had yet. I have one right around the corner, but I've never. I've never, I don't think I've ever even been to churches chicken. I oh trust me, I've been to churches chicken. That see see there there's tiers of chicken, Jeff. Yeah. When you when you're when you're just you know barely making it, it's churches chicken. Yeah. The next level. I think the next level after churches is uh, Kentucky oh. Fried Chicken. Oh, yeah, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah, that's right. And then, you know, Bojangles based in there somewhere. What, empathetic Insights, you, it's your top 10? <laughs> Baklava, tea cake, snicker bar pie? Hey, listen, I understand. I love desserts as well. But, but it's your top 10? Yep. Banana pudding, buttermilk, buttermilk pie? I love that. Yeah, buttermilk pie. I, lo I love all three of those, actually. Eminem could. She's still going. She's just giving us options to choose from. Oh, gotcha. Marble marble cake <laughs> is the best kind of cake. Marble cake. <clears throat> when I go get that sheet cake from, uh, 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 what's, what's, uh, uh, what's Walmart's uh, big thing? Um, not Costco. Some um, people sleep on Walmart's uh, butter buttercream um, cakes. They're good. They're, they're actually amazing. Oh, let's see. I think we got everybody. No, no, we didn't. Uh, we'll get everybody and we get out of here. Oh, she's giving them more insight. Oh, uh, chocolate chip pecan pie. If I could become a dessert, I would. <laughs> I got you. See, we now I see where your passion is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. De Deborah says cream cheese pound cake. <laughs> lemon. Ooh, that sounds good. You, you know, know, I've been on a lemon and blueberry kick lately. I wonder if that would be good too. That's that's that father. That's a that's that father dessert. You got two kids, a wife. Kids are grown. Yeah, you, you're oh, growing geez. up, man. Growing up. You, Jonathan. I'm gonna pray for you. They said to pray for who now? Go back one. She's done. I know. You don't know what you're experiencing. Donuts are they're they're so convenient. You can do every. You can all. You, hey, oh by the way, Ezzy, when you come here, there's a mm -hmm. place called Screen 
and nuts. So screaming nuts, donuts, and they have like they have ice cream and donuts. They're in Alpharetta. I'm gonna take you there. Their donuts are oversized, That's and good. you and I are gonna go there. We're gonna go visit, and we're gonna we'll do, we'll do a vlog together yep. and do it. Yep. Well, all y'all coming. All right. Oh, Sam. Sam's sheet cake. There we go. Sam's club. Oh, Sam. Yeah. So they're probably just like Walmart. Exactly. They're amazing. Yeah. All right, y'all. We love y'all, man. We gotta go. Yep. You know what else I do like? Thank you. Thank you. Banana bread, banana nut muffins, banana nut bread, whatever it's called. Yep, that is good. Banana bread is good. All right, y'all. We love y'all. Yep. That's right. Donuts are like pizza. You can put whatever and it'll I'm telling you. That's right. You can't just pick up a cake and eat it. Donuts are just like, hey, here we go. Bam. Whoop, whoop. We eating. Any right. last words, Jeff? <clears throat> uh, we just we pray that this uh time has been good for y'all. We love you. We want you to know that we hope you have an awesome Thanksgiving holiday and that you enjoy time with family and friends and that you just um, eat all these yummy foods and have a good time. We love you and uh, God bless you. We'll see y'all next time. Go ahead and share, um, like, comment, all that good stuff. Um, and that's it. We love y'all. We'll see y'all not next week, but the week after. Yep. And um, we'll see what the Lord wants us to talk about. We love y'all. Y'all have a good one. Peace. All right. See you guys. Bye.